G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz and this is episode number 11 of the Outback Mine podcast. special guest with me, a gentleman by the name of Mark Whittaker. Now, Mark Whittaker lives in a place called Agnes Water, where I currently live. We're very blessed uh, to be in this uh, this special place. Mark has got a, an unbelievable background, but uh, what he's doing now is, is really uh, beautiful. He's actually doing in, intuitive healing uh, by way of massage and also through his own intuition, with, which, which is but something he's been able to learn over the over the years through uh, his own practice and being able to intuitively tune into people uh, on what's going on in their bodies and their minds to be able to bring that back to balance. So, Mark, um, yeah, is very well regarded in this space, particularly within this region and also down south. And uh, I just thought it'd be a great opportunity for him to come on and speak about his own journey, so he can pass on some tips and tricks about well-being from where he's been. Uh, and also, you know, some current things that may be able to be helpful uh, within everyday lives out there. So we're actually uh, recording this in the studio today, so no phone, so that should uh, should be no interruptions, hopefully. So, Mark, uh, thank you very much for joining me, mate. Good to meet you, mate. <laughs> good, good to meet me. You. You've known me for a while. So Mark actually comes to my yoga classes up here, and uh, yeah, he was the only man there today, uh, which is not surprising, but uh, usually we get a couple of guys, but... Uh, Mark understands his body really well and um, is able to do the, 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 the postures that I instruct with ease. So he's been, uh, been able to look after his own body to another level. And I think throughout the conversation today, you may learn some, um, some tips and tricks on how to man- basically manage your own body a bit better through Mark's experience, his education in this area and his own journey. So Mark, can you give us a bit of a background about yourself, where you come from originally, where you are uh, throughout your journey to where you are now. Yeah, so I guess my life, and I find most humans start like this. (laughs) (laughs) We start start in our mind. You you were born, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is that, I find it really interesting because it's like when you're so young in those first few years, you're not really conscious of what you're conscious of. It's almost like you grow up and you're awake and you're just kind of figuring out the world, but it's interesting, you're not really in your mind at that state. And it's like, as you get socialized and it really comes on in when you're like four, five, six, seven, you know, you almost become what you see. You almost become what you experience. Your environment, yeah. Yeah, and that's a really interesting transition because when you, I mean, now when I look at kids, you see them, they're almost in that pure state of consciousness mm-hmm. rather than they're in this mental, rational Correct. state of consciousness. And yeah. I find that a really interesting thing because it's kind of, that's what the identity is. Yep. But like we, a lot of us in this space that we live in all the time, we can't really separate what we are from like what is the identity and what what I'm what am I without it? Mm, so so I, yeah, I was gonna say, you know, kids are born awake, but then all of a sudden we get put to sleep. Uh, but then some of us wake up again. I've talked about this before, mm. but. It's about really being able to live more in the soul journey rather than the ego journey. Mm. And, uh, and the ego journey is, is pretty much our conditioning, which, um, you know, which we get brought up uh, mm. through or in through the education system and other things. But 
uh, primarily uh, to be able to come back to your real centre, which is what we're going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mate, talk, talk us through your life so far. So, where were you born? Uh, where were you? So, I grew up in a really cold place down in Phillip Island, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where yeah, the penguins yeah, are in Australia. We used to have motorbikes going around there, didn't they? Yeah, that's yeah. where the MotoGP is, but yeah. I was soon out of there and my mum and dad landed in a beautiful place called Mullumbimby back in the 80s and 90s. And it was kind of a lefty culture, you might call it, an alternative culture. Hippies? Lots of hippies starting up there, but... Um, my mum and dad weren't spiritual at all and you wouldn't even call them hippies they were just looking to get away from the rat race really okay. yeah. and um, I probably lived there until I was 23, 24 and you know my life I couldn't separate who I was as an identity from anything else I was highly unspiritual I didn't think the spirit was even real you know I grew up in a family where there was quite a lot of addiction and there was quite a lot of turmoil mm. and um, relationship breakdowns and difficulties at school and a lot of the chaotic turmoil you get at home often manifests outside of the home and so I found that with me and I had a quite a troubled upbringing and I, I do remember there was, you know, when I was really young, I was so troubled and so separate from everything because I always felt so empty inside mm-hmm. like I was always trying to be something for other people yes um, and I remember that drove me to a point where I was somewhat suicidal when I was around 20 it was a really difficult period for me mm. and um, funnily enough because of to, to break away from that I almost just had to push myself into new spaces mm. into new things and so I, eventually I just went I just went on the road basically and I probably spent, you know, eight years in Brisbane, a large city in Australia. Um, and I, when I was there, I pushed myself to kind of get out of addiction at the time because I'd kind of gotten into a point where I'd probably been on and off addicted to a variety of things. For so what were they? Yeah, so I was, you know, I was smoking, having grown up in Mullumbimby, I had, when... Well, it's probably when I was 19, I got addicted to marijuana and I smoked that regularly every day. And the issue with marijuana is that it makes you highly insular and it makes you really move away from everyone and everything. And it really makes you want to just be comfortable in a small space. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I got addicted to alcohol as well. Mm-hmm. And there were a variety of other drugs that just came in and out whenever they wanted to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So you, you, you use the harder stuff occasionally as well? Yeah, yeah. You know, I've dabbled in everything probably except heroin. Okay. So not that hard. Right. But I've tried everything. Yeah. Um, and the point is, is that now, I mean, at the time, it's, I was so lost within. I grew up in a space where I was so detached from the understanding of what love is Mm -hmm. that I always just was walking around trying to get everyone to love me Mm. but it never really filled me and I always felt empty and that emptiness was often filled with drugs Mm. was often filled with amusement with television with entertainment yes with a lot of the things that we find culturally normal um, I often find they're the things that sedate you the most and um, I think that's a chosen thing by governments most of the time because the more sedated you are and the more more you are just in your identifying mind the more you are that socialised identity and the more you are 
what the government wants you to be because that is the pillar that socialises everything. Helps you uh, do be pushed towards consuming. Yeah, well, the consuming is a part of it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're you're socialised into being something that consumes, mm. but you're also you know consumed by others. Yeah. And that's kind of what happens when you're not present with who you truly are. Often, fine. I believe so, mate. What I, what I really want to try and um, you know, bring to this platform is that higher awareness to be able to help people understand that maybe all the stuff that we've, we've, we've experienced isn't really you know, the optimum way. There's, there's other ways that we can manage our bodies mm. and minds better. Now, our, our bodies and minds are no different than the guy in India, the, to the guy in Nepal, to the guy in Alaska. You know, mm. we're, we're, all, we're all humans. We're just going to be able to regulate and self-regulate ourselves so you were self-regulating through drugs and you were self-regulating through alcohol until i woke up yeah yeah and so i decided to you know i was really struggling and an addict and you know i had a lot of just different jobs doing different things i was trying to be something and eventually i just went i'm going to go to university because mm-hmm. i was passionate about the environment so you had the marks to get in even though you yeah, were, yeah i did a mature i went to university at 27. okay um griffith university which is a reputable institution and i did an environmental degree in political social economic and cultural studies and it was fundamentally about becoming someone that could change from the top down doing policy work to allow the environment to be more sustainable. Mm -hmm. And so I did that for three or four years and while that gave me a great deal more intellect and understanding and it did give me some joy, the most powerful thing about it is that during the holiday periods, I would just start traveling Mm -hmm. and I started going overseas and my first traveling adventure at 27, 28 was, I went to India for three months. Um, and that's what woke me up to what you were talking about. It woke me up to a point of difference because I'd only ever been in this culture mm. and then I went to another culture. And that, that to set yourself into a different environment where people are socialized differently makes you realize that there is a different way to be because mm-hmm. you just think there's only one way to be. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. um, I mean, you can read about the difference, but it's different when you experience it. And mm-hmm. so when I was in India and I was still very much not awake mm-hmm. and very troubled, I was just traveling day to day. I had no plan. I just put a bag on my back and I traveled. And I traveled for three months. And I went up, I went from the tip of India, eventually ended in Delhi three months later. I moved every three or four days. On my journey, I met a lady randomly, just a complete random, and she said, I do healing work. And I just said, okay, I can try that. You know, she said she did Reiki and I was kind of, you know, judgmental about it as I would always judge things. Yeah. And... When I was with her, I went into a room and she just asked me to lie down. She was nowhere near me, she went and sat in the corner. And during those periods, and they would last roughly an hour, I would be somewhat awake and somewhat not awake and I would just have all these extraordinary visualizations. But most amazing of all, which I've never, most amazing of all is that I would be crying profoundly and in moving all over the floor my body would just involuntarily be moving and I was just it was like this energy was just shooting out of everything and I couldn't even feel my body anymore Mm. and you can't fake that feeling Mm. and so that's and that is a very profound way to wake up because all of a sudden you realise there's more than what you understand the world to be because 
someone has just completely transformed how you felt and what you experienced by sitting on the other side of the room. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and um, I would walk out of there even more amazingly and it would actually take me usually an hour, hour and a half to feel my feet on the ground. Mm. I couldn't feel the ground anymore. I know. So she had taken me to a state of consciousness where she was just clearing away all these limitations that I picked up in this life. Mm-hmm all these limiting ways of being. Mm-hmm. And it was profound. I mean, and like I get it more now because since then I've done theta healing and since then I've done universal intelligence and since then I've done remedial massage and since then I've done energy work and kind of fused it with my own massage and understanding that really a lot of what you believe yourself to be socially is you're being socialized in the limited ways of believing. Yes. And those ways of being actually are programs in your subconscious and you are 95% unaware of who you are as a program. That's your subconscious mind. And you're really only walking around at any point 5% conscious Mm. of the program. Mm. And so I realized what she was doing is she was actually just removing all these memories and removing all this limiting way of believing all these things that actually made me judge and made me Mm. unhappy. And... Mm. Amazing. It was quite extraordinary. It was quite, it was, it was absolutely amazing. And I kept traveling after that. And then the point was though, that I'd been waking up and I've probably been waking up for 10 years now. Mm. Cause since then you can't, you can't disbelieve a moment like that. Mm. That's right. Yeah. Well, that, yeah. that person arrived in your life that day mm. for a reason. Exactly. People, people are turning up in our lives every day for a reason. It's just that we're not conscious of that. If you weren't conscious of that and you were too much in your mind or too much troubled with the past, then you would not have seen her. Mm. You know, so you were ready, uh, and that that makes a, a huge difference because you are open to uh, to possibilities, and that and that yeah. day day changed your life. People can only meet you where you're at. Yeah, I experience that all the time. I experience it. I experience those that now all the time as a healer, but also I'm also got to continually be aware and open to always receive other people where they're at mm. and have my own healings. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, people are coming to you for various reasons if they want to have work on their body, but primarily what it is, is from what I see with regards to a lot of the healing work that gets done, people are using too much of their mind. Mm. So they just want to be able to get out of that mind mm. and that will come through a massage or do a yoga class or um, that, that type of thing. A few mm. beers will do it as well. Mind you, mm. you know, that'll take you out of your mind. Uh, but really, I, I really you know, believe that we've all got the power within us to self-heal and self-regulate mm. to be able to give people those tools because we haven't been taught those tools. No, and that's, I completely agree. And that's where energy, where, that's where learning about consciousness at a level of energy is important. Mm. Understanding that everything is energy, that matter is energy, it's just the frequency in which it moves, which is why you see this reality the way it is. Mm. And there are multiple levels of consciousness. And Joe Dispenza talks about it a lot. I'm sure you're aware of him. You know, there's, you know, and in theta healing, this is specifically what I was always fundamentally trained in. It's like you've got those beta alpha frequencies where your mind is really conscious, really aware, really in survival mode. And then you, when you drop your frequency, you get into theta. And theta is like the doorway to your subconscious mind. Mm. And you actually learn to take people into that. You end up holding their energy to get them into their subconscious mind. And then you can actually seal the limiting beliefs and you can actually heal them mm. by actually working through them by just connecting and disintegrating truth. And the most amazing thing is, is that 
you can get that with music, you can get with that with sound, but you're just not necessarily, what, what often energy work does is it actually trains you to be able to pinpoint those specific areas in your body mm. and in your subconscious mind that are manifesting all those limiting beliefs, mm. all that identity within you. And you yeah. can strip away that identity when you can actually focus in on those points of energy and relax them. And I notice that when I do intuitive healings with each other, but I also fundamentally do it a lot more now just on the, on the table. Yeah. I just I do energy work, almost like a Reiki healer, but I'm also just being intuitively shown how to heal the body, yeah. integrating my remedial massage. Mm. And you know, the frequencies that some of the people drop so far, they just end up going on these extraordinary mystical journeys. Because mm. what, you, and going back to what you're talking about, that whole self-regulation, True self-regulation, in my opinion, is the true self. Mm. It is the soul. Mm. And so you're trying to get beyond the mind, which is the beingness, and you're looking to connect to your heart, which is the beingness, and that is the doorway to your soul. Mm. You want to become intuitive to your heart rather than thinking with your mind. Mm. And when you let go enough and you start living your life like that, what often happens is your life just becomes really easy and really flow because you've let go and your true self as a consciousness, as a beingness, actually shows you how to live. Mm. And so I often find, which and I do this through my meditation, my meditations are fundamentally about connecting to my true self and getting the belief to believe in my true self and I see my true self and I do energy work in that space and my true self shows me how to live. Mm. And what I'm finding more and more is if you get a deep connection to your soul, your true self, and you let that guide you, you're fundamentally healing yourself. Mm. You're fundamentally self-regulating mm. yourself. Mm. And even just put, even just showing people that is, is the key, mm. let alone all the other energy work you can do with them. Yeah. That is, a, that is like, that's self-empowerment in my opinion. Yeah. That's true self-empowerment. Yeah. So we've outsourced our health a lot, mm. haven't we? We're, we're, we've gone to GPs, we've gone to physios, chiropractors, uh, you know, the list goes on to, to try and get answers. A lot of people that have been going around in those circles for years are not really getting anywhere. Uh, I, I was one of them, you know, I, I was brought up through going to the doctor to get antibiotics for everything and, mm. uh, you know, uh, going through that, uh, that mindset thinking that was quite normal until I was older, 40 or whatever, and then started to realise that there's got to be a better way than this. I, I think uh, deep down underneath, I knew this all along from when I was young, a young boy, mm. but I was just put on this pathway of, uh, of, of not being made conscious of this sort of stuff. So, yeah, I believe we have. We have within Australia this beautiful culture called uh, Indigenous Australia, mm. okay? So the Aboriginal culture, which they, they knew how to self-regulate. They knew how to do all these things to, to, to use the, the energy and the power of mm. the land and everything around them and food and all those types of things. And the Indians knew this, you know, the American Indians knew that. The, um, most of the traditional cultures out there, you know, still understand that deeply. Mm. I think we've been sidetracked by Western medicine considerably because uh, there's an agenda behind it. You know, it's great in many ways. It can fix bones, it can do all those sorts of things. But once the, the body shows disease, then it's actually being aware of that disease mm. to, to get that back on track. You know, so, so if there's something going on in my body, I've got to try and sort this out. Mm. And usually through resting and, and giving your body time to find space again to, to uh, regulate, um, it will do that. Your body is always trying to be healthy. Mm. You know, your mind is getting in the way of your soul. 
your mind is getting in the road because of a lot of the things that were brought up. So I was gonna that have been brought up. So I was gonna ask you a question. When I put you in a yoga posture, does your mind go back to when you're a kid? Does it go back to that sort of stuff where you felt uncomfortable? Um, and so this is about you know you meet people where you're at, like because often when I'm doing yoga, I'm doing energy work. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's different. Like I'm not really listening to what's going on. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of doing, I'm doing the moves, yep. but fundamentally I'm one step back looking at my body and holding energy in the room. Like, I, might just be, I might just be tuning in on myself at a subconscious level and freeing my, myself from my mind because I feel I'm stuck because yep. I have those, that capacity. Yep. Or I might actually be connecting straight to my true self and just lying in the light you know, of the creator, of God, of source. Mm-hmm. That's right. And just yeah. feeling that light go through me. And it's a feeling you can't fake because it just, it's such an extraordinary euphoria. Mm-hmm. And often when I get in that space, my consciousness drops back so much I can see myself in the room. And then you, sometimes, but not always, like it's shown to hold the space in the room even. Mm-hmm. You know, and then so asking that question, like, you know, it brings up stuff for me when I'm in the room. And so, but I often work through it on an energy level. Yeah. So I, that, that's why I enjoy yoga because I think most everything in life is a method. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, because one of the big things with people, everyone's got ego. You know, I've got ego, we've all got ego, but fundamentally I'm becoming more enlightened because I'm getting rid of my ego. I'm mm. getting rid of my identity. That's yeah. fundamentally what enlightenment's about. And I find when I go into spaces such as your yoga, it's just another opportunity for me to become more enlightened to wake up more. Mm. Um, you know, I can have memories come up at times and then often I'll work through them. But, yeah. It's funny how they do, like, a lot of those traumas, uh, those memories get stored in our body and mm. when we open up the body, then they, they come out. So quite often mm. I'll see people in tears and see people uh, having, you know, huge emotional releases, which is, you know, much more profound than what's actually happening in the body mm. primarily. And then so, the body's not manifesting pain and illness yeah. and sickness. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And you're actually releasing the body energetically from limitation. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, by allowing people to let go, which is which is fundamentally... And, like, people at, at like, a really profound energy level, that's how you can do instantaneous healings with people at that level if you get deep enough. It's, it's fundamentally just about how much you can let go. That's all it is. Mm. That's all it is. I've seen some extraordinary things and I've seen cancer completely disappear in a minute. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's just a gift to see that because that wakes you up even more. Like if you can get to a point where you have a healer that can work with energy like that, but your client can let go, mm. can surrender, yeah. that's what it's about. Because like I can only heal, it's like I can only heal people as much as just like you when you're running the class, you're trying to get them to surrender mm. and then hopefully their true self is guiding them into a healing. Mm. And you can work with that in a variety of different ways because fundamentally people can only heal as much as they're willing to let go of their mind. Mm. And that's why things come up. Yeah. Like if you say like things come up and the key is not to get stuck in the memory. Mm. Like that's the really important thing which is, which is the hardest thing not to do because <laughs> things come up and is that you want to let them go and you want to let it go, but often you get stuck and you're like, oh, you start thinking about it and you start thinking about it and then yeah, yeah, you yeah. can't let go of it. It's stuck there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a real skill yeah. to learn how to let go of things. So this is, this is like the average man out there that might experience depression. Mm. They're getting stuck in that and they're not 
able becomes to its own program. Not able to move it on. Mm. You know, uh, if you, you can get taught the tools to actually like release it and move it on, then you you, you will heal, which is only masked through medication uh, or through booze or whatever. Mm. So you know, I want to try and help guys to understand that we all have the capacity within us to be able to do this. Mm. It's just about, you know, fronting up and saying, yeah, I'm ready. I want, I want to do something about it now, you know? Totally. And that's that's the issue with... I mean, Western medicine has its place. I find most things have its place. Most things are there to awaken through. Mm. The fundamental issue I've found most of the time with Western medicine is that it's based on overcoming symptoms. It's not based on overcoming causes. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and I even learned that just through when I got... 10 years ago, I started seeing a naturopath and they deal from the cause rather than from the symptom. Yes. And even just going and seeing some of that made me aware of where you actually, you know, you heal the body from a different place. You don't try and heal the effect of what's causing it. You you heal what's causing it. Mm. And you can do that at a level of energy. You can do that at a level of memory. You can just do that at a level of understanding chemically where your body is. Yeah, that's right. We, we, we've been, um, we haven't really been educated on, on what our body's trying to teach us. Mm. Um, well, that's yeah, yeah great, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, disempowerment is is the government of the day. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Absolutely, man. For the most part, and that, that's not that's not to get angry. This is the key. Like, I find a lot of, and I used to do this. I used to be a protester. I used to be on the camps. I used to do. I was a really big environmentalist. You know what I mean? I was really anti CSG, and I used to, you know, go and sit on these lines and like and protest. And it, the point was. I realized after about a year of doing that while I was at uni that the anger just feeds the anger. Yes. And the anger is the ego. Yes. So it's a trap. It's, and that's the dualism. It's like you want to get, you get trapped. Sometimes you just get, you know, it's this whole thing where it's like, this is right and this is wrong. If you know you're there and you see it like that, you're judging. Mm. And then because you're judging, you're in your mind. That's and right. then you're trapping yourself. And so you've got to just find out what it means to fundamentally love without conditions. That's actually the key. Usually if I see something I, I, I wouldn't say I disagree with, but if I see something that's, that's troubled, I, I actually try and see it with compassion because really that's mm. the only way that, that things can be... Be, be, be shifted you can act with compassion yeah you can, you can act like instead of acting with anger you protest with compassion mm. and there's different and that's, and that's just like in life that's mm. just in small things I mean you've got to realise governments are fundamentally yes they're supposed to be there for the people that is the idea but they have their own belief systems attached to them and they are very powerful very powerful entities and as citizens we grow up within these territories which they have and you have to be a certain citizen because there is such a thing as being a good citizen mm. and there is such a thing as being a bad citizen and, yes. you, and you're put into these spaces these identity places these subcultures mm. and you know that really fractures people because they don't actually know who they truly are agree, yeah. but they do that because they believe there is such a thing as the right person there is mm. such a thing as a good person mm. and the key is I almost feel like the best way to, to awaken is to have an awakened government and it's the key is to figure out how to get there yes because you know and you know if you're going to live in a true democracy maybe the thing is is that you could do it from the bottom up if enough people woke up from the bottom up and they only started voting for people that were awake mm. but that's because that's probably where it will come from. You're not going to get an awake government all of a sudden randomly. Yeah. You're, just, you're going to get enough people waking up spiritually 
and I mean in the true spiritual sense of being connected to their soul yeah. and just feeling like they can act in love and compassion and intuitive knowing in every moment and maybe you get enough people that you get popular vote and that's what happens yes. and I feel like that is that is an opportunity to change you can change if you can change governments then you can change the world mm, yeah. and that feels like an important way to go. I certainly had a venture into politics and then I, uh, I realized that I wasn't going to be able to get too far. So that's when I became a yoga teacher and I became mm. a healer to try and help people. But one thing you touched on just then, and I wrote about this uh, in the book that I put together, and this is uh, a comment that's come back from a lot of readers. I wrote in there, when I was about 20, I lost my license for drink driving and um, uh, the next day it was published all through the newspaper. So the whole community was talking about it and I was felt, made feel shameful, guilty, um, and, you know, terrible, to be honest. Um, and what I know now, uh, or fear as well, I felt a lot of fear. What I know now, that those, the, those are the three lowest levels of human consciousness. And I was tried, I was labelled to be to be made you know feel that way and put mm. into that into that box mm. and that space and that stayed with me for years. Mm. I couldn't get out of that. You know, I felt like you know, everyone was judging me all the time mm. because of what I'd done. Drove a car after I'd drank, mm. but what I needed, I needed compassion and I needed understanding of why I was behaving like that. Mm. No one ever asked me why. Why did you do this? You know, why why are you are you, are you behaving this way? Mm. That, that's what a young man needs to be able to help them mm. understand and also to start to, to, to return to themselves and heal mm. themselves, yeah. Yeah, that's an issue with government. It's a real dictator. Mm. Yeah. You know, they like to dictate. They like to draw mm. lines everywhere mm. and there's no open questions in that space. Mm. I mean, there should be open questions in Parliament even, but if you ever turn on the ABC and look at how Parliament runs, yeah. it's just about a whole lot of people arguing about what's right and wrong. I've been in so fundamentally, it's, yeah. it's, just, it's just the way of the mind. And yeah. Like I went to university to be in government, mm, good policy, so, yeah. policy yeah. level or an institution yeah. that didn't act for the government but acted to make it waken up. Mm. But you know, I didn't go down that road because fundamentally I felt that. I felt that if you go down that road, it's sharing, you have to become like the beast. Yeah, I walked away from it. Like I was going down that road at a rapid rate mm. uh, and I was basically at, at the 11th hour going to um, uh, be the Greens member, basically mm. uh, in, in Tasmania in my, in my area. They wanted me to, to join them and I looked at it and I thought, yeah, I can make changes here. You know, But I, I just saw that I was only going to be able to do small, minute things that weren't actually going to have much of an impact. I had so much more of an impact being able to teach someone meditation or teach them yoga or mm. give them self-healing practices rather than you know being someone that's going to be crushed. And that system would have possibly crushed me, you mm. know, uh, like the workforce did uh, in corporate world. Mm. You know, corporate world was great in many ways, but it also gave me you know rewards, but also it destroys the soul mm. and I think governments destroy the soul no one in that government realm I believe is conscious there's not many people there uh, it would be very hard to, I, I yeah. mean yeah I mean there's different levels of consciousness but I don't think anyone's truly awake in government because it would be mm. impossible to work within that space unless you were extraordinarily enlightened and, yeah. and capable but I don't even know if you would want to yeah that's the yeah. thing I mean it seems to me and through my own experience and what I've seen that people that really wake up know that in the current Australian government, it's really 
almost impossible because the further you go into it, the further you go into the mind, that energy that is actually manifesting in government, yes. the belief systems that are manifesting in government. You can't, you can't, if you don't feel like you can do anything from an awakened space, create anything from an awakened space, then why do it? Mm. It just doesn't make any sense, you know, it doesn't, and it doesn't feel right. Yes. Intuitively, it doesn't feel right. What it is, Mark, uh, the, colonial, the colonial model is driven down through university it's driven down through the education system. It's driven down through corporations and so forth. And you, you were going down that road too through uni training. Mm. You know, yes. Until you hit that lady over in India that actually made you realise that Mark is so much more than what he, what he knows in the mind. Mm. You know, there's so much more. So that, that flipped the way that you, you, you saw your life. It did. And that's helped so many people since then. And it, yeah, it really, it really did flip. For me, and I and you know, and it took me on a path where I was doing a lot of, yep. yeah, where I was doing a lot of energy work after that. You know, as soon as I came back from India, I met this girl, and straight at uni, mm. who was doing theta healing. Mm-hmm. And I remember I spent time doing theta healing, and that was amazing. And then I ended up doing another energy course, and then I got back from a massage, and then that manifested into something else. And now these days, it's almost like my true self is actually showing me, it's like a whole self-mastery thing now, where I don't need to learn energy work specifically. It's, I'm just being conscious enough to learn from my experiences in my life every day because I have that connection to my true self. And my true self is actually showing me how to heal. Mm. My true self is showing me that at a soul level, my soul's a healer. Because mm. understanding the archetypes of your soul is actually the most extraordinary thing. Because you actually, your soul has its own gifts. And most people don't talk about this, but that's, like I have the gift of the healer and there's a variety of things that we're going to go into around that. But if you can get, even if you work through another healer to understand what your soul actually is and you get that deep connection, then you, what the key is that you work with your gifts because your soul has a different age. It has different wisdoms. It has different knowings. And it's here in this life fundamentally just to work through your body. Mm. And if you get the mind out of your way, your soul is learning to get back to God. Mm. It is awakening to get back to the creator and it is awakening those around it through this life to get back to the creator because the whole point of this life is to get to the soul level to come back to the one. Mm-hmm. That's what the creator is. That's what God is. You can call it anything you want without being religious. Yeah. And so the most amazing thing, the one thing I would always say to everyone is be open to the opportunity to connect to your soul and connect to it deep enough that you understand it and you want to live with it. Mm. You want to live this life in that consciousness because what you'll start to do is not just wake up, you'll wake up those people around you, but what mm. you start to do is manifest people into your life mm. that change your community yeah. and give you opportunities. That's what ends up happening. Yeah. Like, and all of a sudden you start to realize all these synchronicities. You're, your soul's like in tune with the universe and the universe mm. is just giving you all this stuff. Yes. And it's not this imagined fairy tale thing. Mm. It's not this... It's just you have to just be open-minded to it without judging it and being mm. trapped in your mind. The reason you ju- most people judge that is because the mind dies when you get into your soul more. Mm. And it's the whole point of ego death. Yeah. And so it's that transition. And that's often... I actually say to people, the spiritual journey is the most hardest, the most difficult journey you'll ever go through. Mm. It's not this pretend spiritual journey, which, to be frank, there's a lot of people on. Mm. It's really difficult to live in soul. Mm to work in soul, yeah. to connect in soul with people every day to be that open, you know what I mean? And that's, that is what will wake you up more than anything because those challenges wake you up. Mm. Um, and you'll go through tough times. But the point is, is that you'll raise your frequency and then you'll have emotions with higher frequencies. Mm. 
and you will just create mm. and your soul you've got to realize that's the eternal, that's the eternal you once this life's over the ego is dead mm. that beingness doesn't even exist anymore mm. Mm. the key is to get connected to the eternal you yes and just realize this is a this is a life of lessons to go deeper into who i truly am so i can eventually be the one yes it's really interesting like uh phil harback and i talked about the soul journey and the ego journey and mm. Everything really out there is living in that soul journey primarily, you know, all these other, other beings. Now, mm. a young kid, right, before they, they're educated, has a beautiful connection with an animal. Mm. You know, that, that is coming from the, the heart, the soul, and that animal feels comfortable with, 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 with a young, young boy or a girl mm. uh, because that connection is there. That connection is there within everything else around us, you know. If we're calm, then, then other things will gravitate towards that, that, that calmness mm. because that's really their default setting as well. Mm. They're not meant to be agitated and we're agitated in the mind too consistently to be able to, to, to peg that back. And I talked about um, coming back, back in the gears, sixth gear, fifth gear, all the way back to, to neutral. Mm. Get the neutral mind balanced, then all of a sudden you're, you're in tune with, with, with the flow of life and everything around you. Be able to come back to that neutrality is, is a gift that we that we all have within us. It's back about uh, re-educating ourselves on how to do that mm. to get back to that 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 base again. Absolutely, right? yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And there's so many ways to get there, even just through so many methods. I mean, there's a variety of ways to work with energy, but you you do it surfing, mm. you do it through meditation, you do it through yoga. I mean, traditionally in India, I mean. You've got to realize there's like an eightfold path. That's the true yogic path. The whole point mm. of yoga. Yoga means union with God. That's right. So yeah. even yeah. if I mean, and this is where you got to, this is where you got to be really intuitive because like I, there's ego in yoga, mm. and there's ego in spirituality. Mm. You've got to find teachers, and you've got to find you've got to find truth where it lays. Mm. So. You might go to a yoga class if you know there's ego in that class and they're not coming from a space where they're seeking to hold space and drop you into your center and actually awaken the potential for you to be one with your truth, mm -hmm. then walk, you're done with that class. Mm -hmm. But if you go to a yoga class and you know that is part of your journey and that's helping you awaken, you do it. Mm -hmm. And see, even that's not about identifying. You don't just say yoga's spiritualism. Yeah. You don't just say, this person says they're a healer, so they're a healer. Yeah. That's the point of being. If you can get into an intuitive space beyond your mind, you can feel what's right. Mm. Right's the wrong word, but you can feel what's truth. Yeah. And you can feel what is not truth. Yes. And that's all I'm ever seeking to cultivate with myself because you've got to be your own compass. Mm. That's the most important thing. I mean, you find methods that let you be more in that space, whether, you know, whether, whether it's mantras or whether it's yoga or, you know, whatever gives you stillness and lets you just cultivate that mm. that is the most important thing if it's cooking yeah if it's having a conversation with a good person if it's just sitting in nature and you know doing a backflip it yeah. doesn't really matter it does you just find whatever brings you like genuine joy yes not happiness yeah. per se but yeah. like joy yes that's right and that's what the little kid had when it was holding the animal absolutely so mark my my awakening came through long distance running mm. okay so out on my own in the bush, uh, out in the dirt road, nothing, just me, and, and that's it, completely vulnerable. So I'd run for three hours more, you know, and the breath's in a flow, and the mind gets out of the way. The mind just says, oh, fuck it, I, 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 I can't win here. So I'm, uh, I'm actually, like, going to, uh, you know, 
let this guy do what he needs to do. So I'm just running and all of a sudden, I'm just thinking, how, how peaceful am I? Like everything's working like it should. That compassion came back to self. Um, and that took me into the stage where I started to meditate because I wanted to well, know what it was like to be able to do that without putting my body through all that, that effort. Um, but yeah, I had some amazing things occur when I dropped, I just got out of the mind and I, now I sort of do a bit of work with athletes to help them get back to that before they actually go out and perform. Because if they can get out of the mind, which is creating tension in their body, mm. then their performance levels are going to increase because they already know what to do. Mm. Uh, they've already got the skills. It's just a matter of uh, getting out there and doing it. Uh, and actually enjoying the run or enjoying the game. Mm. Richmond Football Club are enjoying their football now, so that's why they're having success. Yes. They're not going into, uh, into games like full of, full of uh, expectations. Mm. You know, that's just yeah, and expectations game. is a big... I would call that almost the... That is the poison chalice. I mean, yeah. when you're on the timeline, I call it. You know, mm. If you're in the past mm. and you're sitting in memory mm. and your body memory... And all the stuff that's been socialized into and all the things you believe, mm. you know, all those things that you feel are important ethically and morally, all that mm. stuff that makes your identity feel really important. Because, mm. you know, the biggest thing about the ego mind is that people want to feel important. Yes. That's one of the hardest things to start letting go of. Mm. <laughs> when, <laughs> when you don't realize, you've got to realize you're not that important. There's, it's not about being important. Exactly. It's about yeah. surrender. Yeah. And like, and the same thing happens with the future. It's like if you build yourself into expectations or you build yourself into the past with memories, you're always on the timeline. But the point of actually being in stillness is that time doesn't exist because mm. time and space disappear. And then, you know, this is what they talk about in energy circles is 3D, 4D, 5D. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're 3D, you're in time and space. Mm-hmm. When you're 4D, you know, you're transitioning, you're beyond time and then you're beyond space and time at 5D. Mm-hmm. And that's what you realize when you're in total stillness, and I mean complete five-dimensional stillness, mm-hmm. and that's when you realize you have conscious awareness outside your body. Mm. That's when you start to realize if you expand your energy, which is a meditation I do, where you expand your energy from your heart, mm-hmm. and you get to a point where you're actually expanding through the room, mm-hmm. and you start to feel and see outside the room, and then you start to look in on yourself, and you start to realize that if there's no space and there's no time, you're everywhere, mm. and you're everything. Mm. And you're one. Yeah, yeah. And that is that is the most empowering thing you'll ever realize in your life. Because when you're there, you don't have to be in time anymore. And the mind is all about time. Yes. Well, time was manufactured, wasn't it? Like, mm. you know, this... this, this, this It's the ultimate trick. It's, yeah. it's the hardest thing to get out yeah. of. To get yeah. out of the understanding of time and live in stillness in a culture that's so based on time yes. is one of the greatest challenges you will go through but it is the most it's, it's almost the most freeing way to get there i found personally mm, yes yeah 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 it is because everyone's running on the clock if we can intuitively know like my my body wakes up at the, the same time in the morning and i see the sun come up or mm. i do a practice while that's happening uh, and then when the sun's going down and the body's starting to wind down mark bun and i talked about you know the stimulation that goes on after after the sun goes down, which is working against the body clock, mm. uh, to be able to get that back in tune again, so you are more intuitive with, what, with what's going on out there mm. and what was probably meant for hum- humans, um, and that can actually help you 
transcend into a higher state of consciousness if you actually work in the flow rather than against it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, time is a really interesting concept and that's what you've got to realize it's a concept. Mm. And concepts are just formulated ways of understanding reality. Yeah. And reality is just based on what you see. Yes. And what you see is matter. Yes. And matter is a frequency. Mm. And it's based in three-dimensional reality. That's mm. why the frequency is so dense. Mm. And so the more, the higher the frequency, and that's why when you do energy work with people, I can do energy work with someone and I can see their body and I can just watch their cells expanding mm. because you're just putting higher frequency in. Mm. And you can actually watch aspects of their body awakening and mm. healing. Mm. And, if, and, and that's almost like the biggest trick, like, because I still have disbelief in that space, which stops me from being a more profound healer. Yes. Because when you're in that space, you're like, how, how can this be real? How can this, because you're actually, what ends up happening is to get rid of the reality you understand for the amount of time you've been on this planet, you know, and I'm 39 now, it takes a lot for you to move past your mind to fully believe that there's, you can actually be seeing someone's cells expanding in this moment and it's mm. real. But as mm. soon as you believe it and they believe it, it is real because yes. that's what happens. It just becomes real. Yeah. But as soon as, when there's disbelief in there, it doesn't really, it doesn't happen. And if there's complete disbelief, it doesn't happen at all. And you, then you don't even see it. Mm. And so it is totally, if you're working in a third eye consciousness, like what I'm talking about now, where you can visualize it, mm-hmm. you don't have to be able to visualize it because you can feel it as well. It just depends where your gifts are. Some people have a really profound third eye, some people yeah. not as much. Yeah. But when you're working at that level, you're really just working with belief and disbelief. Mm-hmm. And the more you can drop into believing in the truth of it rather than believing in the mind of it, you end up changing how you see reality completely. And oh, then yeah. it's like... Mm. It's all it's all just an open game. Yes, yeah, that's right. But see, a lot of what well, a lot of the system that we're in is about blocking the third eye, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. So we actually like uh, we need to uh, to open that again. And this might sound weird to a lot of the people listening in, but the third eye is between your eyes, basically um, between your eyebrows. Um, it's a really strong energy center, yeah, right there. Yeah. yeah, and in some cultures yeah. in the world, it is. So in our culture, they don't. It's not a thing. Mm. It's not something you believe in. It's not something that you try to awaken to because mm. we're not in that kind of culture. There's a lot of cultures, and India is a very obvious example, and there's others where there, it's fundamentally, like you grow up understanding that. Mm. So it's not like, there are cultures in the world that are highly spiritual that actually want you to be more spiritual. Yes. And they have their own issues where they've got a whole, they might have a rational government, but mm. they have a very spiritual culture. Mm. That's right. But Australia is a very unspiritual culture. Mm. We're a highly rational mm. culture. But underneath all that, mate, we've got a beautiful um, indigenous culture that wanted to teach us, mm. and they wanted to, they want to take us out there uh, to experience, you know, the land uh, at their level. Mm. But we're not allowing that to happen. Well, it's it's a hard thing to get past such a strong mind. Yeah, yeah, that's you know, right. and that's yeah. just, you know, Australia is a really young country when it was it was only colonized. 200 whatever years ago yeah. not long not long very yeah. young country yeah um, not young in the true sense of the word but young mm. in the sense of white this is when yeah. white man came over and yeah. you know this is when we largely we I didn't but this culture was part of a colonial era and they not they took out 90% of a culture that was already here mm. now mm. the key is not to get stuck in that mm. and realise to have forgiveness for it and compassion for it and have understanding but the, the key also is that I feel like it's missing in Australia a lot of the time is to actually be open to what you're saying of the learnings there mm. the lessons of that culture yeah because there's a lot of we're sorry 
but there's not a lot of what can you teach us? Yes. And that's what you're speaking oh, to. And I think there's a yeah. lot, there is a lot of truth. They're just like, there's a lot of truth. The greatest truth is within you, but that's an opportunity to awaken through another culture. Mm. And you can go to other countries to awaken through other cultures. You can just fundamentally meet someone spiritual though, and just awaken through them and not even place them in an identity or a culture. Yes. You can just find someone that you know is connected mm. and you just learn through them. Mm, that's you know, right, the key yeah. is just to know who to learn through. Yeah. You yeah. know, to help show you the way. Because mm. I've, and I still meet people that help show me the way. Mm. That's the oh, key. The key the being open yeah. enough to learn yeah. is to not be stuck in your ego. That's yes. another big thing. To not get high on your own supply <laughs> and realize, oh, wow, I'm not really good at this. I'm really... Because then you start identifying from a healing space and then you kind of don't... It can happen to anyone. Even to people that are working at levels of energy, they get stuck and they can't go any further because then they get high on their own supply. The key is yeah. just to keep realizing you keep... There's lessons everywhere. Yeah. Constantly. Every day you, you'll experience something you've never experienced before. Totally. You know, it's being open to that. If you're too much in the mind, you, just, you go through life with... Uh, the past dominating primarily, and they call that depression these days. Mm. So uh, to be able to sweep that, mm. to be able to sweep it by by doing a practice in the morning or whatever, which just helps get you back to your balance again, I think is really uh, really important for humans in general. Mm. You know, to be able to, to to be grounded every every day, I just think that's uh, so important because the mind will will take you away to the past or the future. That's mm. that's the way. It, primarily works absolutely it's a, it only yeah. works so yeah. yeah 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 so that's not just for you or I that's for everybody mm. on, absolutely. The, on the planet you yeah know? and that's where a lot of anxiety and stress comes from mm. absolutely um, yeah. you know anxiety and stress is built on the timeline if you get still and you get present to soul mm. and you get present to a different level of energy there's no anxiety there's no stress there's no depression there's mm. no want mm. there's no need that's right. There's no requirements. Yeah. And that's really frightening to let go into that space because you're letting go of who you think you are. Mm. That is the hardest thing to let go of. And that's mm. why the real spiritual path is is challenging. And I don't say that for you to take that on as a belief system, but mm. it, it's just it can be a very difficult experience for someone that grows up in a culture that's not spiritual yes. to yeah. realise the spiritual self. Um, yeah. And see for a lot of guys out there they, they think that spiritual is church. Okay. So so we were we were like a lot of us Catholic um, uniting, you know, God, the list goes on of all the different religions. Yes. Uh, and that's why we're so scared about actually like being connected to our spiritual self mm. um, and, and a, lot of that, a lot of that programming and then what's come out of religion has been quite damaging in many ways, but also to be able to help uh, us realise that we're so much more than what we're experiencing in this body at, at this moment. Mm. Uh, and that's what you're saying, like that spiritual side, that soul side is really something within us that, that goes on um, that was that was there before this body was formed. It'll be there after this body is formed. It was there before religion. Yeah, 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 yeah. that's right, absolutely. So. And I'm not I'm not talking negatively about religion either. Religion has its place. Mm. It's just there is a difference between spiritualism and religion. Mm. And a lot of I know some highly spiritual people that are in religion, and it's just because they're coming out from a different angle. Mm. But, you know, there is a thing in general in religion from what I've seen where there is power structures. There is a structure of power. There mm. is a structure where you have to be this way. Yes. And that is not truth. Mm. I, I know Jesus was an extraordinary healer, for example. Mm. But all the things that have come after it and all the power structures that have been built in place and all the dogma that you read about in the book 
in any literature in general, it's all about perspective on top of that as well. So you can have highly spiritual people that see the truth in it, and that's extraordinary because there is a truthful message in there. Mm. But there is a whole lot of stuff, particularly depending on the teacher or the priest, mm. that can take you into a way of being which has got nothing to do with truth. It's just mm. another identity structure. Yeah. And so it's really important to understand that, and this is what I go back, go back to before, it's like you have to intuitively connect to your soul in stillness to understand intuitiveness, to understand what is true and what is not. Because mm. anything that builds another identity into you or manifests your identity bigger is not true. Mm. It doesn't matter if you, they're calling it spirituality or they're calling it religion. It doesn't matter what they're calling it because mm. it's just a label. You just have to know what truth feels like yes. and what truth is. Yeah. And so, and that's just a, a cautious awareness. It's really good to be aware of because it can be, it can be confusing when you're trying to connect to your soul and you go to a church or you connect to your soul and you go to a yoga class and it doesn't feel like you're connected to your soul. And that's mm. why if I would say anything to anyone, it's like have compassion for what's going on, be a seeker, Seek and understand that what is within is real. Understand that what you're manifesting and experiencing is what you're manifesting. You've just got to find opportunities and be aware of those opportunities are to be still. Yeah. You know, and when you find the truth, just sit with it and use it. Yeah. You know, because everything's a method. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And practicing it regularly. Uh, it's yeah. Important. Absolutely. Mark, uh, where can people get hold of you if they want to touch base? Well, fundamentally, at the moment, I am upgrading my website, so okay. I'm not available online. But right. in the future, www.markwhitaker.life is my website, and it will be up and running again in probably a couple of months. Okay. Locally, people just call me, you yeah. know, so and you locally... So you, do you only work around Agnes, or do you go to Gladstone and Bunnell? I'm only working locally in Agnes yeah. at the moment, yeah. but when I get my website up, I'm working everywhere and anywhere you know okay. i do intuitive healings with people in america or in canada it doesn't really matter because there's no space and time when you're in that space mm -hmm. so online i do intuitive healings a variety of different things but when i'm in the local space obviously i'm doing intuitive remedial massage i'm doing subconscious healings as well yep. um locally people just know me through the community more and more and they see my mm. marketing up yeah. in a key, couple yeah. of key locations and if you come to agnes waters i'm sure you will know me yeah. and get to know me you just got to ask for Mark Whitaker otherwise feel free to get in contact with me on my website in a couple of months time yeah, mate uh, imagine if you had taken the uni option you wouldn't be sitting here talking to me today no but it was a good option to take because it, <laughs> it really grew me up in a lot of ways yeah absolutely yeah. brother appreciate your time thank you very much for joining me guys hope you got through uh, our session with Mark and, and I uh, to the end uh, appreciate any feedback you, you can leave comments on here or uh, uh, shoot me an email, support at outbackmind.com.au, www.outbackmind.com.au, or on Instagram and uh, Facebook, Aaron Schultz Yoga, if you want to check out that, and maybe do some online yoga classes as well. Uh, happy to help you out and uh, get more guys like Mark on to sort of help us, uh, you know, learn a little, a little bit more about uh, managing our lives a bit better. Uh, it's what it's all about. Prehabilitation rather than rehabilitation, I think, is the key. So looking after ourselves a bit better. Thanks, guys. Talk to you uh, on another podcast pretty soon. Cheers.